All right, guys, please stand by. Hello, welcome back. You know, I told you that the dancing, I just uh, put a post on Instagram, a story. I said the dancing starts before the show starts. That is in fact true. I've been dancing for some time here. Poor Deli's had to observe from the, from a distance. He's uh He's polite about it. What can I say? All right. Well, welcome back. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. Obviously, the new year is coming upon us. And I've got a fantastic show for you today. Keep it spicy. So here's what's going on today. This is the title of today's episode. He lets his wife do this with other men, but insists he's not a simp. Oh, wait till you see this guy. Wait till you watch this video. I watched it and I just, I could have done the whole show just on that video. It's a short video, but I have so much to say. So we'll see how much we get done today outside of that video. But here's the plan. I'm going to react to a panel of women talking about why more and more women are single and childless. We're going to hear from them, from the modern women in their own words. And maybe, just maybe I can tell them what they might be doing wrong. You never know. Andrew Tate had an interesting stance on the importance of a woman's love that I think is important to share. I think people often think of him as like super hardened. And it's really interesting when he talks about things like love and, and it's just, it's fascinating to unfold. So I, I want to cover some of that. I think he makes a really, a really good point in there. A couple actually. Then we're going to get into that guy whose wife is sleeping with a whole bunch of men. He's cool with it, but he's not a simp. No, no, no. Hmm. <laughs> We'll see. And then I don't know if you saw Andrew Tate also did an interview with Just Pearly Things that I want to cover. I'm going to break some of that down. One of the reasons I want to cover it is because we have Pearl on Friday coming on the show here. She's going to be here with me. We're going to chat for an hour. Um, and I want to take a look at some of her content today as kind of a, you know, little prelim, a little warm up to that. And of course, you knew I was going to get some topics about the Matrix in. So check this out. Bill Gates, our friend, you knew he was coming in, and Jeff Bezos are investing in a computer implant for your brain. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? We're going to talk about what could go wrong. We're also going to get into some about digital IDs, how they're sold to you, but what the agenda actually is. And in case you didn't know it, because I didn't, there's already been a rollout of digital health IDs in India. So the matrix is here. I always say, people say, oh, the matrix is coming. They're like, no, honey, it's here. It's here. We're going to talk about why. So all of that that is what I have in store for us today. And first, I have to tell you, our show today, my show today is brought to you by a very, very special sponsor. This is near and dear to my heart. Now, I told you that I was only going to bring sponsors on that I use in my own home, that I believe in. And my goal is really to make you healthier, healthier, happier, protected from the matrix. Those are my goals. So that's what the sponsorships are about for me. Check this out. Cassandrinos Organic Olive Oil. Now, I know you love your olive oil. I'm Italian. I love my olive oil. But check this out. It's veteran-owned, this company. It's also completely family-owned and operated. So this isn't some corporate conglomerate that you're dealing with. Why do I use this olive oil? It's the only olive oil I use in my house. I put it on salads. I put it on veggies. I put it on all sorts of stuff. Why, though, you ask? It's free of chemicals. It's free of pesticides. It's certified organic. It's 100% farm-to-table. So if you're looking for that farm-to-table stuff... Now, what's wrong with the olive oil in the store, you may ask? You may go to the, the store and see some olive oils in there, and you say, well, it says organic on it. Hmm, is it fresh? 
Here's the difference with this company. They bring this olive oil fresh from Greece every two to three months, and they only offer fresh batches on their website. So when you purchase it, you know you're getting that season's harvest. When you go to the grocery store and you buy olive oil, there were a lot of studies and a lot of articles done on avocado oil recently that showed that by the time the oil gets to your house, it's rancid a lot of times. It's been sitting on the shelf for over a year. That means the taste is kind of gone. It's been compromised in some way. Sometimes it tastes a little funky. And it also means that all of the antioxidants and all of those supportive nutrients are also gone. So you think you're doing something good for your body. You're putting olive oil on your salad. In the meantime, it's olive oil that's either gone rancid or has been compromised by exposure to light for too long, by sitting on the shelf for too long, all of that stuff. Cosentrinos doesn't do any of that stuff because, again, they're providing you the freshest product possible, and you can taste the difference. I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm Italian, went to Italy on my honeymoon. This olive oil is the best olive oil I've ever tasted. I'm not lying. I am not lying. A little bit more about this. They use pesticide-free farming, no nasty chemicals. You know the Matrix wants you sick. I don't, so I'm here to protect you. And every batch of their olive oil goes through two independent third-party tests for quality and freshness. And you can see all of those certifications right on their website. Peak antioxidant absorption. Also, when you buy olive oil at the store, you don't know what's in it. You're like, what olives are these? What is this? You never know. You never notice you look at something from the grocery store. It doesn't tell you. These olives are hand-picked, hand-picked, not by a machine. And they're kept in a climate-controlled warehouse till the day they're shipped. There's two types of organic olives, and they're very specific. You can go on their website. They'll tell you everything you need to know about what's in that oil. Not Non-GMO verified. Keto certified. If you're keto, cool. Paleo certified. Certified organic. Cold pressed to preserve those nutrients. I have a special offer for you. 25% off. Who wants 25% off their olive oil? Let me tell you, if you cook... Got a woman in your life that cooks? Olive oil is number one. You know you put it on stuff. It tastes delicious when it's done right. 25% off. You're going to go to the website, cosandrinos.com backslash Jedediah. This is all going to be linked in the description. Use code Jedediah and you get 25% off today. I'm telling you, man, you cannot go wrong. Why would you want to use some olive oil that's rancid or some olive oil that's been sitting on the shelf for God knows how long when you could have it fresh to your door? Never forget really matters. We sold you that, uh, that other product last week, the um, 360 cookware, so that you're putting the stuff in. It's not leaching all nasty stuff into your food. Same thing here. You don't want to be putting on that olive oil. You think you're doing something good and nastiness is coming through. I am here to keep you healthy. When the matrix comes, let me tell you, my listeners, they're going to be ready. They're going to be like, "Mm -mm, I'm listening to Jed. Bring it. All right. (laughs) So let's take a look now. We're going to go into Courtney Ryan. Y'all know Courtney Ryan's show. It's interesting. Okay, let's start at 218. We're going to talk about childless women and the tone deafness. And there's a little bit of brain dead that goes on. I'm going to warn you in advance in these segments. So let's just be ready. 218. Down than there was so many years ago. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, I always look at the glass half full. So I'm kind of like, you know what? I'd rather live it up, be a little selfish. And then when the time comes, we be popping out these kids and I will feel like I've lived my life and I can be fully present for them, you know, because it's not about me anymore, my life and all the things that I want to do because I didn't get to do them and I'm going to hold the resentment against the kids now. You know, no, I think that it's okay if you're a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer to everything and I don't, I don't feel that there's shame in that. But if I, I think if I had to pinpoint it, I think part of it is the workforce okay. situation. So she's talking about, you know, this delay that happens. And don't you love, first of all, she has that really interesting way. It's kind of just like a little bit of a pixie, like, oh, fairy dust. I don't know what's going on there. Interesting energy. Okay. So she says when the time comes, 
Hmm, interesting. So how do you know that she's talking about living her life, doing whatever she's got to do? That She means she's going to go out, she's going to party, she's going to travel, she's going to be selfish. She used the word selfish, her word, not mine. And then one day she's going to wake up and be like, I've gotten it all out of my system. I, all my me time is done. Now I'm ready for a family. And I guess she thinks that maybe a little magic wand gets waved ooh, and the family just appears. Perfect guy with a great income, beautiful home, car out front, two children, a boy and a girl, maybe the boy's older. You know, like the fantasy life just kind of manifests. And this is the problem because these women live like this and they think there's all the time in the world. Oh, I'm just going to do me now. And by the way, that period of doing me and being selfish is like getting extended more and more and more. So it used to be like, oh, college is me time, you know, a little bit of post-college is me time. Now they're like 27 and they're like, oh, no, I just got to do me. I got to travel. And you're like, everyone's like... Okay, you know, but with 27s, you know, you're already getting out of that peak fertility. You're already there. But because we live in the freeze your egg culture, you have all the time in the world. Don't worry. You can be having babies till you're 50. That's like the new norm. Don't worry. Don't stigmatize it, all that stuff. Now women look at this and they have a distorted perception of reality, which is that, you know, they're not going to have that same pool of guys at 50 that they have at 22. Their fertility very well may have been compromised. You know, there's a fertility crisis for a number of reasons. Some of that, though, has to do with this delay that's happening all the time. So I love it. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to do me right now. And I'm just going to, you know, do all this. And then when I'm ready, oh, honey, when you're ready, how do you know that when you're ready, poof, the family and everything you want at that stage of life just appears? What happens if you wake up at 30 and you're like, I'm ready? But now that does stuff doesn't come to you and it doesn't happen for you for another five years. Now your schedule's all off. Now you're starting to panic about, oh, am I going to be able to have, if I want three kids, can I space it out? Then the panic sets in, right? And then the depression and all that stuff. So this is the delusion. All the time in the world doesn't exist. This is, this is delusion. This is media instituted, inculcated delusion. Okay, let's go to 1439. Like we're not in the old ages anymore so i feel like back then it was more so like you had to women were basically they wanted us to be rabbits like oh yeah let's just pop out one kid after another you know and now i feel like it's more so male woman separate strong not really as a whole anymore so we're kind of moving away from the family unit. It's yeah, more individual. I feel like women are very strong and passionate about being independent. Okay. And they don't. Oh, man. Just too, sometimes it's just like, it's too much to unravel. I'm exhausted before I even begin. Do you feel that way, audience? Sometimes you're listening and you're like, oh, man, it's just piling up, right? It's just, you're like, where do they get this stuff? All right. So first she says that women used to be like rabbits, right? Oh, they wanted us like rabbits, like just just there to just push out the babies. They wanted us to do this. They wanted us to do that. Why does it not occur to any of these women that maybe women wanted different things? Why doesn't it why doesn't why doesn't it occur to them that women have changed? And there was a time when when women, women wanted children and women prioritized the home and liked being a homemaker and enjoyed some different things. Maybe that time was before there was a lot of media indoctrination. Maybe that time was before there was a lot of pressure and a lot of demonization of those choices, right? We talk about the demonization of the housewife all the time. 
But why is it always assumed that everyone was in sort of some sort of slave structure back then? No one was happy. No, no housewife. No stay-at-home mom. They were all miserable. They were just were forced to be like rabbits. None of those women just wanted a big family on their own. I mean, it's just it totally ridiculous to say. Totally ridiculous. Then this separate part, which is really nauseating to me, honestly. She talks about how they're whole, like they're separate. She says they're separate and strong, men and women, separate and strong. And Courtney Ryan intervenes and says, you mean kind of like less of a family unit? She's like, yeah, like more separate and independent and strong. She's missing a word there, so let me add it in for her. Lonely. Let's add in lonely, depressed, uh, sad, <laughs> on antidepressants, on anxiety medication, you know, unhappy, miserable. Let's add in all those because that's often where that independent, I don't need you, I'm a whole person without you, I don't need to lean on you, I shouldn't lean on you because if you ever leave me, then what happens? A lot of those people just live in misery. It's sad. It's a very sad way. It's, an, it's, an, it's a very sad way to look at the world. And it's a very sad way to look at male-female interaction because, again, men and women complement each other beautifully and are meant to lean on each other in different ways. That provides an, an immense amount of comfort for both men and women when you're doing that and, a, and an immense amount of comfort for a child that's brought into the world and sees that mommy and daddy are comfortable leaning on each other. Not this strong, I don't need you, I'm fine without you presence. I mean, I'm, I, I think sometimes what marital vows are going to look like in 10 years. Is it going to be like you go to the altar and it's like, I love you, but I don't need you. <laughs> I like having you around, but I'd be totally fine without you. <laughs> I do. Like, who, I mean, who wants to sign up for this craziness? People have lost their ever-loving minds. If you feel like you need to go into a relationship and protect yourself so much that you're not willing to lean and you're not willing to maybe, you know, look at a guy and see, well, he's he's more equipped to handle X, Y, and Z, so I'm okay sitting back on that. And he's not willing to look at you and say, well, I, you know, she's going to bear children. She's going to have this, that in her life, and she's going to need me for this. And I mean, what, where did it all go so wrong? That people are so uncomfortable with looking at like this whole like you complete me attitude. What's so wrong with that? I'm not saying you can't be a whole person, but y you're going to be less of a person alone than you are with someone there who you're sharing a life with, who you can lean on and they can lean on you. Why is this so hard to understand in 2022? Well, I'll tell you why. Because these women have been brainwashed and they've been told it's unsafe to lean on a man. It's unsafe. They're putting themselves in harm's way, in financial jeopardy. Uh, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in trouble if they lean on a man. And they, they bite it up, they chew it, they swallow it, and then they spit it out on these ridiculous panels. And, you know, they're going to wind up unhappy. They are going to wind up unhappy unless they sit back and reflect and say, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't a what life I want. I don't want to have to constantly feel like I need to be protecting myself from the person that I spend the rest of my life with. It's utterly ridiculous. Completely insane. Okay. Also, too, I'd like, like to say independent. What does that mean, honey? Independent to what end? Tell me. Because are you completely independent where if a guy makes no dollars... You're cool with that? 
are you completely independent that you're going to want to raise that child completely on your own, even though you've got a husband? Are you completely independent that if somebody breaks into your home, you know, you're going to be prepared to duke it out at the front? You know, like, I mean, what, what, where does that, where does that line end of, I'm a whole person without you. I don't need you. I'm fully independent, but let's get married. Why would somebody want to marry you? Tell me why. Enlighten me. Okay, let's go to 1519. Comes from this new, you know, let's work so hard, let's be independent women and travel and not have kids and everything being overpopulated and trying to, you know, protect the world that we have now. So it's not, I think we're a lot more caring is what I'm trying to get at. Um, <laughs> She's talking about, okay, I can't. We, and let me tell you, Courtney Ryan uses the same women a lot. So we've seen these women on, on other panels. Um, we've, see, we've seen her before. Okay, you may recognize. You may be like, Chad, isn't that the one that said, <laughs> yes. She's talking about not having kids because she, women are concerned about the overpopulation of the planet, honey. Come on, somebody's been what? What do you listen to Bill Gates in your spare time? You eating bugs too? I mean, how ridiculous. She thinks that, I mean, is, is this really what we're dealing with now? You've got a bunch of indoctrinated young modern women like, well, I'm not going to be just having children because overpopulation. I, I need to be responsible. I need to do my part. So I'm just going to be lonely and miserable. I'm not going to give birth to a child because overpopulation, climate change, something. I don't know. How ridiculous. Imagine that she said that, it, like verbalized it. No shame at all. Wow. By the way, Deli's here. So get in the chat. Leave your comments, leave your questions, leave your thoughts. I want to hear from you. Super Chats will be read. And don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Do it now. Do it for me now. Or I'll stop talking. Mm -hmm. See, we can, we can both threaten. No, I'm just kidding. Do that. Come on. Show some love is all I'm saying. Okay. By the way, interesting point here about this. I think that women now talk about having children as if it's this massively overwhelming thing, right? It's like, oh... I don't know if it's the timing is wrong. I don't know if there's an, if I've done enough to get it out of my system. As if, you know, you're having kids and it's like everything, stages of life are over, it's traumatizing. It used to be, do you remember a simpler time? It used to be, and, I, and truthfully, I don't even remember existing in that time, but I hear about it from my parents. It was like people just, you know, they, they sometimes met soon after college. They settled down. They got married. They had children pretty quickly. They had children young. They had beautiful families. And they made it work, right? They worked hard. They made it work. And somehow all those kids turned out all right. Now it's like, no, no, no. It's like now women need, well, I don't know. I have to, you know, do I, am I going to need to get, I have to get a nanny. How am I going to do it? How am I going to do it without a nanny? And it's like, well, how did every woman before you do it without a nanny? I don't understand. You can't bathe your own baby. What's going on? And it's like all of these things. Well, I have to have this amount of money and my husband has to have this amount of money. And I, and I hear women increasingly talking like this. And I think they're just overwhelmed. I think women are afraid in the modern age to admit that they are overwhelmed because there these expectations on career and compete with a man and you got to be the CEO and what it means to be successful and what defines successful for a woman now has to like mirror what defines successful a man for a man in every way or you're less than somehow you know the feminist will make you feel like you're less than the judgy little feminist oh no you didn't you are a stay-at-home mom oh you must be dumb 
you know, they'll criticize. So these women are now so stressed out because they, they're like, well, how do I do all this and do all this? And it's a lot, right? It's a lot to do all of it. You can't do it all. It's only 24 hours in a day. You have to make decisions. And they're miserable and they're, and they're sacrificing having kids. And then so many of these women land at 40 and they either can't have kids at that point or they feel it's too late or now it's like they're looking for a partner. There's panic that sets in as the biological clock starts ticking, the panic starts setting in. And they realize then some of them get really lucky like I did and everything kind of falls into place by some miracle and I have this beautiful child and I look at him and I'm like, he is, gives me so much more joy and fulfillment than any of that stuff that the modern feminist told me would be so rewarding. Like you put my baby boy against some job on The View, my baby boy's like here. He brings joy, he brings happiness, he brings fulfillment. He makes me feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do, being his mama. The View's like down here somewhere by my shoe, comparatively, just saying. It's just, it's amazing how women go through life so brainwashed and then ultimately wind up in a predicament. That's, that's not, it doesn't always fall into place. People say, well, Jed, you did this, you did. Yeah, I had a, I had a comment the other day on, on one of my Instagram pages. It was like, well, you're sure you're talking about this, but you had the career. And, you know, I didn't respond to her because I try not to get involved in Instagram, you know, quabbled. I, plus I say before the show. And I was like, you know, based on that, is somebody who's never lived and learned and knows better, are they not able to give advice? Like, should I sit here and not tell you like what I wish I would have known? Or should I tell you I would do this differently? I would definitely do this differently. I got lucky. Would I, I mean, what, what kind of honorable person would he hear and sit here and say, well, it all worked out for me, so let them just figure it out. That's, that's ridiculous. Did I make mistakes? Sure I did. And I'm going to share as many of them as I can with you with the hope that some of you won't make them to answer her. Okay, we're going to do a couple more and then we're going to get to chat, so be ready. Let's go to 2434. This is, a, this is a word salad if I ever saw one. Listen to this one. I'm thinking about this almost every day. I'm thinking about like taking the next step with my partner. Um, I don't have a partner, but like Like finding someone. Like there's there's guys in my life that I could consider dating. Um, and it's just really t like deciding and putting an effort into actually going out of my way to try. Like there's, there's guys in the world that I know of. I don't know. But I'm not reaching out to anybody because I'm just, I feel like I'm not ready. But I, I'm contemplating with myself on reaching out and trying to date again. <laughs> okay. Um, so what, need... what the hell was that? Did you lose years of your life trying to listen to that girl? I swear the first time I heard it, I didn't want to be disrespectful, but I mean, is she on something? What is going on there? It's like a word. She's lost in space or some type of weirdness going on. I don't, you know what it is? They don't know. They're so lost. These women are so lost. Like it's like, they have in their minds what they should be saying, what society told them to say, how they actually feel, what they're doing, what they should be doing, what they wish they were doing. And it's all just like, so when they talk, it's just like, that's kind of what I heard. Did you hear words? That's what I heard. 
I mean, this whole idea of like, oh, she says, there are guys in my life that I could consider dating. What does that even mean? To me, that means she's got a bunch of backups, right? She's got a bunch of guys out there that she could reach out to. She's not reaching out to them because it's not guys she really wants. But they're there and they could be an option if like everything else doesn't fall into place the way she wants. Then this whole like, well, I'm not ready to reach out. But she goes on to say she's 25 and, you know, she wants to have kids. This part I didn't play. She says she wants to have kids by the time she's 30. Honey, it's five years. When are you going to be ready? You got to meet somebody. You got to get to know them. You got to date them. You get engaged. You get married and the kids come. I mean, if you're trying, if you're following a traditional order of things, which she claims to want, how much, I mean, be ready. You should be ready now or yesterday. What What are you not ready for exactly? If you know you want these things, I don't understand what you, I don't get it. What are you not ready for? Are you not ready to just ideologically give up what you thought you were going to do by the time you were 25, like you had all these visions, you were going to be like, I don't know, hanging from rooftops. And I don't know, maybe there's stuff you thought you were going to do. And you're like, if I have kids now, I won't be able to do them. Is that what's going on? What is it that you don't feel ready, but at the same time, you're able to say, this is really what I want. You need four more years to do what? More going out to eat? More in the club, dancing around, like looking around, feeling like, oh, just another night. How many times can you do that before it gets boring, by the way? I just, I don't, I don't understand here. I, I don't get it. And I also don't get like the backups. Like if you've got a whole, a whole bunch of guys sitting there, you're like four or five guys, you're like, I could date them, but I'm not really ready. Forget it. They're, they're not, get them off the list. You don't really like those guys. I'd also ask somebody like that. If you know that you want to have kids and you know you want to have them soon, what are you doing in your life to prioritize that life plan? Are you like working all day and hanging out with the girlfriends at night and not like what, what are you doing wrong here? Something is wrong in your trajectory. If you know you want that and you're like still like oh, hanging on to some idea of what 25 should be because Glamour magazine told you that it's supposed to be independent, strong women who don't need a man at 25. Is that what it is? Is it? Let's go to 2944. Do you think, generally speaking, that most women want to be in a relationship or want to be married? I think so. I think most humans in general like need that human connection and like a partner in life. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would say people are single for other reasons than by choice. Like most people don't choose to be single. Yeah, honestly, I feel like there's a lot of factors that just they're not finding their person, and I think that's why. Oh, but that I line, I can't. You hear these millennials all the time. I, I need to find my person. I need to find, that was a millennial thing. I specifically said millennial. I, I'm looking for my person. What does that mean? You're looking for somebody who's got, see, she's saying, oh, my person, have found my person. And at first you think like, oh, just somebody she clicks with. No, no. <laughs> she's probably talking about somebody who meet, checks all the boxes. She's got a long list like Santa scroll, how much they got to make, the car, the house, the age, the height, all this. And she hasn't found her person, which is somebody who checks all those boxes. That's oftentimes what you'll hear manifest in these conversations with these young modern women. So is that it? And I think this is a social media problem also of this day and age. Because when I was younger, oftentimes you wound up dating and you wound up hanging out with people in your neighborhood. You didn't have this like phone that would connect you to the whole world. So you had like, you know, group of kids at school when you were younger and then you had college and everything felt very community based. It was like who was in your town. 
you know, everybody kind of knew each other. It was that kind of vibe. And you had a sense that your options weren't endless. You had a sense that, you know, you kind of, you saw it started seeing the same faces over and over again. And people had a willingness to settle down because if they met somebody and they liked them and things were working out and they were getting along, this wasn't, there wasn't this sense of like, oh, I really like this person and they're great. But when I go on my phone, there's all these other guys. So how do I know that those guys don't have something that he doesn't? Maybe I'm missing something. This like FOMO, this constant fear of missing out that's in every girl's head. Like they've got all this attention online. They've got all the social media. They've got all the likes. And they're always thinking that the guy in front of them isn't enough. Like they're missing out. So when they say, oh, I haven't found my person, you mean that you're always thinking somebody else is better in some way. And this is a social media problem. This is a technology problem of the modern age that a lot of people didn't have back in the day. And a lot of those people, you know what, they got married and they wound up, they were happy. They didn't have this constant sense of like, oh, I'm missing something because they were happy. Now it's not enough to be happy. No, 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 no. It's got to be like, I'm, I'm happy, but there's always this, maybe this, or which is why I think in relationships now, women oftentimes have one foot out the door. Unless they shut that stuff down or they just stop trying, attention seeking constantly on social media. You see these women in relationships, you ever see this? They're in a relationship, and you know they're in a relationship, but there's constant attention seeking on the internet. I mean, constant. Some of them are married, but it's constant selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie. I'm not talking about a selfie here and there. I'm talking about constant gazing into the camera, sexy this, sexy that, just constant. And I'm like, where is her husband? Where is her boyfriend? What is going on here exactly? Because you can make those faces at home for him and have a nice little moment, but why you got to be doing it for the world all the time? Something's wrong there. Something's broken in that relationship. By the way, something's broken in that power dynamic because that guy should be like, if you keep doing this, I'm out. I'm not doing this with you. I don't, I don't need this aggravation. He's not saying that to her, obviously. Maybe she's a strong, independent woman, whatever. Ridiculous what's going on. Okay. Let's do um, the last one, and then we're going to chat. 3219. I think that we do still strive for that. Um, At least I do. Um, It's just really difficult now because everybody is working so hard, especially women nowadays, to fight for our rights and make sure that we're heard and and understood. So it's definitely something that has to be talked about with a partner and doing something serious. I really, you know. Sometimes the steam comes out of my ears because I just can't believe what what type of bubble do you live in, doll? What type of bubble do you live in that she's talking about, oh, women are fighting to be heard. Where are you not heard? Where are you as a young female not heard? Because the last I checked, all of media caters to the female perspective. The magazines, the social media, the network TV, the cable news, it's all catering to the young, empowered woman. That's all. We did that segment about The Bachelor where they're humiliating the guys on national TV, all the women clap. It's humiliating. It's like near castration, right? Figurative castration, I call it. And it's just like, I, I, I don't understand. These women somehow still feel like they're not being heard. Do you not have, I mean, the film, the TV, the men are painted as idiots. We talk about this all the time and she still feels like she's not heard because it's never enough, right? 
they have these women programmed to think that society is against them. So even though you've got, you know, television and news media and social media and you've got uh, magazines and you've got girl power everywhere and toxic masculinity and all this stuff, these women still feel like I'm not being heard. Because somehow, even though all of that stuff is catering to the young, modern, independent woman perspective, they're also being told society's against you. It's a man's world still. And they buy that talking point, even though if they just opened their eyes, they would see it's not a man's world anymore, honey. You're controlling all the media. You are. Your perspective, your vision is saturating everything. And what you see of men on TV is usually a fat guy who's inept eating a donut that a whole bunch of women are laughing at. Let's be honest. Okay, let's go to the chat. Deli, you ready? No, no super chats? Oh, okay, you want to read a couple anyway? You yeah, want to? Um, Aaron says, literally only have one woman on my mind for marriage currently, and I'm politely committed to her either achieving her request for me or waiting for us to have freedom to meet or disengage. Mm. Um, we have May Big Caesar with maybe she should count her blessing. She lives in a country where women are put on a pedestal and lauded. American women are not oppressed. Well, that's the other thing, too. And by the way, Super Chats, get on in there if you want to get the chats read. you got to get those Super Chats. If not, totally cool. You can just sit and listen to me. It's fine. But this idea of oppression... It's like now, now in America, oppression is that you can't, as a female, oppression, you can't abort a baby till it's like basically coming out of the body. Oh, it's oppressed somehow. I mean, we are a warped, very sick society now. Very deeply sick society. People need to really consider what's going on in this country, man. It has, it has, everyone says, oh, well, it's much better than it was X amount of years ago. And I always say, can you please write a list of how? I want to know. Let's talk about some of the ways and let's really get to the bottom of what has improved and what has gone to hell. All right, let's look at Andrew Tate. I want to talk about this. This is a great clip on the importance of a woman's love that I thought was an interesting, an interesting comment from an interesting source. Let's play that, Deli. You fly a girl out that you've been talking to. You spend a bunch of money on her, take her shopping, but she doesn't smash. I don't think I'd take her shopping. If I flew a girl out and we didn't get along and she decided not to sleep with me, then that's absolutely not really perfectly fine in every regard. I would never want to sleep with a woman who didn't want to sleep with me. I think that's extremely bad energy. I think the gratification of sleeping with a woman is not just about numbers and banging and stupid shit. Women, when they love you, can care for you and genuinely protect your spirit. I've had times where girls who truly love me with all their heart, I've woken up and all three of them, different ones text me on the same day I had a bad dream about you something bad's gonna happen and that day something bad happened they have a degree of power and protection that's important I don't want to mess with or be around a woman who's not infatuated you fly a girl that's out. interesting um, because people often talk about you know the manosphere and the Andrew Tate's whether it's you know Andrew Tate or Rolo Tomasi or whoever it is and there's this sense from the feminist crowd like oh they're demeaning women you know, they're saying that men have all of this power and women are weak and should be weak. And it's really interesting because that's not what I hear at all. What I hear from them is that women have different power. It's different, right? Women have different power. They have things that they do better, but it's different stuff than men. Men do this well, women do this well. And I thought this was a really interesting moment from, a, you know, Andrew Tate is obviously a very 
strong guy physically, mentally. He's somebody that's tough on himself. He's tough on other men. But he's talking here about how a woman who loves you can genuinely protect your spirit. And I think that's very true. Um, and, and I often, people ask me, some of the questions I get are often like, should I not get married? You know, from guys, they'll say, should I not get married? Should I not even bother? And I continue to say that having a woman who genuinely cares about you in your life is an extremely powerful thing. A woman who loves you will, will try to move mountains for you. They are extremely intuitive. They are extremely tender. They are extremely comforting in distressing times. And when they really love a man, it's a very powerful thing. And I think that that whole like intuition when he says, oh, you know, I got these, would get these texts from women who really loved me and they would say something bad's going to happen. That does happen. Women have this, this connection to men that they love where they're like, I feel like something's going to go wrong or I feel like, and I've had that with my husband in the beginning. I remember when I first met him a few months in, I, I remember having that moment and saying, babe, I don't, I don't know if this is a good move and it wound up not being a good move. And I remember him saying, how did you know that? Because I was, I was in love and I was, I felt this pull toward protecting his soul, his spirit. And that's very true. A man is drawn to protect women physically right? We talk about that. And women are drawn very much to protect their men in other ways. So Andrew Tate saying that a woman who really loves you protects your spirit is a very powerful statement and something really to consider if you're in a path now. And I get it. You look at all this content and some guys could be like, well, I'm not doing this. These women sound nuts. You know, the key is to find ones that aren't because there's, there's a key there to a very happy life and a very beautiful life and a very enriched life. Also, I think he makes an interesting point about the numbers game when it comes to guys, because a lot of guys, particularly guys that engage in, you know, say they're good looking, they've got money, whatever it may be, good looking or have money and they're out in the scene and they have their pick of women. They have those options. Those guys exist. We know we talk about them. A lot of times it becomes a numbers game, right? It's like, I will because I can. Right. So you're sleeping with this girl or you're taking this girl's number. You're, you're, you're doing things just because you can. The options are there. You're doing it. But is that really meaningful to you at the end of the day? And a lot of times those guys and I've talked to them and they'll tell me I felt like disgusted with myself the next day. Like, oh, man, did I really just do that? I didn't want, you know, and they'll keep doing it just because they're in the head of like, well, it's a numbers game. And if I can do it, I should do it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. What are you getting out of that? Are you spending money, time on women that you really don't care about? What does that do for you at the end of the day? It's distraction. You, you took a night away from your life that you could have been doing something productive that ultimately made you feel good. Even if that meant you went to the gym for four hours, you worked out, you came home, you felt amazing. You, you know, whatever it may be, you spent some time with a really good quality friend and you laid out a business plan, whatever that may be. Don't waste your time and fall into the sinkhole of a numbers game when it comes to sex and conquests, even if you can. It's still empty and you're still going to find yourself feeling like you wasted time. So an important message there as well. Let's get to the simp, shall we? He says he's not a simp. Audience, don't disparage. I would never. All right, let's go to number three. Um, we're going to stop and go on this one because it's, it's, it's juicy. So let's, let's start. People need to stop demonizing men for being open-minded. I let my wife sleep with other men, not because I'm a simp, and I, I wish people would stop calling me that, but because I'm open-minded enough to know that for a relationship to work, you have to let your partner explore other relationships. Okay, let's pause it already. Already, I can't. First of all, doll, 
You're not letting your wife do anything because you don't run that house. That's very apparent to me after a quarter of a second of listening to you talk. Your wife is sleeping with other men because she decided that's what she wants to do. And she's running that house and you're not running the house. So you're not making the rules. That's why that's happening. So this, oh, I let my wife sleep. You're not letting anything. She's doing. And you were either going to sign up for that or you were going to lose her. And you're so afraid of losing her that you're letting her do all that stuff that you're probably deeply not comfortable with. Let's be honest. Okay, Jelly, let's keep playing. What is your relationship if you don't trust them enough to explore other people? And so that's why I let my wife sleep with other men. And if you have a problem with that, then maybe you need to check and have a look at yourself to, because maybe you've got some sort of trust issues going on in your life. <laughs> does, he sound, does he sound comfortable with what he's saying to you? Does he? I mean, really, does he sound, because he sounds deeply uncomfortable to me with what he's saying. Now, maybe she's sleeping with other guys because you're acting like this, honey. You're acting like a simp. Maybe she's drawn to other men because you're the type of guy that's sitting back and like, oh, honey, you feel like you need more options. You feel like you need to figure out how you really feel and you need to go sleep with a whole bunch of other men. Okay, I'm going to support you. Yeah, maybe that's why you're not enough because of that attitude. That's deeply unattractive to a woman. Deeply unattractive. Now, let me, let me speak from a female perspective. Guys out there listening, I'm going to tell you this straight up. If a woman, if you're with a woman, and she tells you that she needs to explore other relationships, she's not into you. She is not into you. Women, when they are really into a man, they give their exclusivity to that man, and it's not hard. It's not hard for us to do that. It's not something like we're like, oh, should I? When we're really into a guy, all we see is that guy. All we feel is that guy. We're not looking to go to the club and party and have one foot out the door with a whole bunch of girlfriends half naked without that guy. We want him there. We're not looking to be with a man and also be with a whole bunch of other men physically when we're really into you. If she's saying... I need to be with these other guys as well. All she's telling you is that she's not that into you, but she likes having you there because you're like a guarantee. You're safe, right? You're safe. Maybe she likes talking to you. You guys have something, I don't know, maybe the sex is, it's all right. It's not great, I'll tell you that. Because if it was great, she'd be with you and that would be it. She's not feeling you, your personality. Something's wrong with you for her. Get out of that situation. You had to see signs of that before you were married. You can't tell me that you didn't see signs of that. Now all of a sudden you're married. She wants to be sleeping with other guys. I just don't believe it. You see signs of that. But this whole idea of like, oh, well, I'm going to let her just do what she needs to do. You become infinitely more unattractive. The more, the more that guy spoke, the less attractive he became. Less and less and less and less. Every second that he opened his mouth and just, oh, you can have more freedom. What's next, honey? Is she allowed to go marry somebody else? Can she get pregnant by somebody else? What, where do you draw the line? And it's, it's amazing because these simpy guys are afraid now to say, I'm not comfortable with that. These simpy guys are afraid to just say like, you're with me, you're going to be with me. That's it. Because I'm not going to share my woman. End of story. It's not happening. I'm not interested in it. And if you want me to be like, if you, if you want to be out there, there's something wrong here. I don't know why these guys are afraid to just put their foot down. It would be, it, that would be his only shot. His only shot to actually retain that woman properly would be if he opened his mouth and had some gonads. 
Can you imagine? Oh, I'm going to let her explore what's out there. Did anybody in the chat find that? Females, please weigh in. Did anybody in the chat find that guy attractive as he was talking? I mean, honestly, tell me if you did. I want to hear. Super chat me. I don't even care if it's like five cents. I want to hear you tell me if you found that guy attractive. Okay. Oh, man. Andrew Tate was on with Just Pearly Things, and they had a great discussion about a lot of things. It wasn't a one-on-one interview. It was a panel. <laughs> and it was, there's like an older woman on the panel who, by the way, is feisty and kind of fantastic. And it was a whole bunch of people. And he's weighing in on this and that. And I thought it was a really interesting exchange. I had never seen him in a setting like that. So I want to cover a little bit of it. As I said, we're going to have Pearl on the show um, Friday. So I want to do this as like a prelim. So let's go to, this is number four, Dali. Let's go to 1950. We'll check in with the chat after this, but we're only going to read the super chats because I have other topics I want to get to as well. So if you super chat, I'll read it. If not, totally cool. We'll get to the matrix. Let's go to 1950 on this. ...on the planet today who couldn't walk outside and find a man who's going to be nice to her, loyal to her, and make her his queen. Mm-hmm. Women don't want that. So they'll sit there and go, no, I want Chris Brown. And then they'll go try to get Chris Brown. Then Chris Brown will cheat. And they'll be like, I can't believe he cheated. I am devastated. Well, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? If I go to the car garage, right, you have to make a decision what you truly want in your life. If you truly want to just find a man who's going to look after you and take care of you, you're going to be his queen, he's going to be loyal. You can find that all day, but you're going to have to settle to a degree where a lot of women perhaps are not prepared to do that. Mm. You You see how women act. They'd rather chase a fraction of a real G's time than have 100% of the time of a fucking dude who they don't who they don't respect at that level. And it's kind of like going to a car dealership. You walk in there, you, if, you, if you want reliability, you can get a Nissan. But if you want to get a Ferrari, it comes with it comes with headaches. It's going to come with problems. So when girls say to me, oh, you know what, Andrew, you know, you should be loyal to that. Men okay. like me don't have to be. So I mean, this, is, this is a great point um, that he's making about women getting what they ask for. And you see it all the time. You see these women who will chase the athlete. Athletes are notorious for not being faithful. It's just reality. Like we just say it. And they'll chase the, the, the quarterback. They'll chase the NBA star. They'll chase whatever it is, the, even the movie star. Chase him. And then they'll want that guy to behave in a certain type of way like as if they don't have all these options, right? They know ahead of time that you chase the athlete. Athletes are known for not being faithful and not being loyal. And they know that, you know, when they travel sometimes, a little hookup happens here and there. But they expect that when they get that athlete, oh, he's going to change for me. I'm going to be the one that changes it all. Why? Because they want all the stuff that comes with that. And what, what comes with that? Well, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of money that comes with that. There's a lot of prestige that comes with that. You get invited to all the parties. You're on somebody's arm for those parties, if that's what you're into. You get the car, you get the big, beautiful house, you know, you get married and they write it up in People magazine. You're this celebrity wife. Then because you're with that celebrity, maybe you become a social media influencer. You get all the followers on Instagram and suddenly you're pimping out makeup. You're making money on the side. You're, you're a celebrity in your own right. You're getting all these fashion designers coming to you wanting to dress you for the award show. Are there perks to that? Yes. But he's still that guy. And that guy will have a lot of options. And that guy has a reputation for not being faithful and loyal. So you're not going to change that guy. Now, I'm not saying every athlete and I'm not saying every person in that position. But we need to speak in some generalizations. And the vast majority of them aren't faithful. It just aren't. So why are you trying to get that guy 
to be a certain type of way if that's not what that role is. That's not what those guys are doing. Because you want all the stuff and you want the loyalty. And what Andrew Tate is saying is figure out what really matters to you. Do you want all the stuff? Because then you might have this other stuff that comes along with it that you don't like. Or are you like, you know what? I don't need all that stuff. I really want a man who's going to be loyal and faithful and I don't need the spotlight and all that. And that's a different decision. But are you going to then be okay with not pimping the makeup off Instagram and getting that fashion designer to come to the house and style your wardrobe and have the big old house? I mean, make up your mind. But this idea that women are always thinking they can change a guy, it doesn't work like that. And you, and you see it on a smaller scale. You see a guy who, you know, the, the, the guy who's known around the neighborhood is like, oh, he cheated on his last three girlfriends, right? He's a good-looking guy. Maybe he doesn't have a lot of money, but he's good-looking. He's got a certain type of way about him. He cheated on his last three girlfriends, but he's not going to cheat on me. They say, no, no, it's going to be different with me. I'm different. He's different. He really loves me. And they go into that. And it's like, well, honey, why? Why would you assume that you're going to be different? Maybe it's an inflated sense of ego. I don't know what it is, but they do it all the time. So he's just saying, just make up your mind about what you care about practical sounds makes sense to me all right let's go to 3101 this is a great segment we're going to stop and go a little on here on equal does not mean the same is the theme of this equal does not mean the same let's play it example um i do need a woman a man for example to you know procreate but other than that i'm quite strong and i would find things that i would find a way to protect myself differently with that mentality Denava. what would be the Denava. man that'll be for me Denava. then Denava, Denava, what would you do if one of these security guards broke into your door, what would I do? <laughs> okay, do? I'll tell you. What would you, you do? What would one, you do? No, seriously, there's she's no a, guns she's, here. She's a feminist. I'll she's tell you. No, I'm not a she feminist. She was I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a feminist. I'm, I'm a bit smarter. Okay, Either okay. I'd play these dead, one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they see you're not dead. Uh, it's okay. They, they no, I'd be breathing. like this. And then if not, maybe I would kind of like be very gentle and comply to find a way to get out okay, of it. So if they want to come and an, kill me, there's not much point. that many people but can do. But let's make an important point. You're talking about equality, equaling respect. The way you get respect as a woman is by being feminine. There's nothing, uh, we can be equal and very, very different. I'm not saying that when there's not equality, but you've confused equality with the same. You can be equal equity. with completely different things. You can have a bishop and a knight on a chessboard. They're equal in terms of points, but they do different things, right? Mm. A woman can have equal respect to a man if she is very good at being a woman, and a man gets respect for being very good at being a man. When a woman decides she wants to act like a man or a man wants to act like a woman, that's where it all gets fucked up. We try and pretend yes. it's all the same. It's not the same. Men and women are good at different things. We have different strengths, different okay. weaknesses. There's nothing wrong. So two points here. First of all, the first part where they ask her what she would do if somebody came to the house, she would hide. Don't lie, honey. You would be hiding. You would be, you're not going to play dead. Somebody comes armed with a gun. You're just going to play dead and hope they don't shoot you. Come. I mean, if you're that dumb, we got problems. You're going to run in. You're going to hide. You're going to try to call the cops. You're going to, or you're going to look for the biggest, strongest man you could find and you're going to hide behind him. So let's just be honest about that reality. This, oh, I can get somebody to, you know, do this, the, the defense if I need it. Somebody else is stupid enough on this panel, by the way. I don't know if I clipped it, so I'm going to just say it now. They're like, oh, I'll just call the police. Oh, honey, you're going to wait for the police to come? Somebody doesn't know anything about the Second Amendment. You're going to wait. You're going to sit there. Somebody's barred in the door. Oh, hello, 911. I have an emergency, and you're going to wait sometimes, what, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 15, 18 minutes? What are you going to just have some tea while they're at the door, yanking at the chain? That's not, it's just not realistic. It's not a healthy way to look at things. First of all, women, and we had this discussion, you either have to be armed 
or you have to have a man next to you that knows what to do and can handle that situation because he's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, and he's more adept at you than handling that situation. But you have to be able to admit that you're not as capable of handling that situation. And these women can't give an inch, right? No, no, I'm 100% independent because if you're 100% independent, then you can't even give that inch. You're like, well, I can just call the police. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Secondly, the point about equal but different This is why this guy was banned again, because you can't have these discussions and you can't make any sense unless you're willing to acknowledge that men and women are different, right? And I say this over and over again, because how can he, Andrew Tate, even have this discussion about equal men and women, you know, having equal respect, but being different in terms of different capabilities, different strengths, different weaknesses, if the underlying premise of that can't be said, which is that men and women aren't the same. You can't. We're in in an age now where you can't even talk about biology without a risk of being banned. So he's right. He's right that there are things that women do well that men will look at that and say, I can't do that, right? And I always say, women give birth to babies. Like, why can't we acknowledge that we have this superpower? You want to talk, ladies, about something that makes you unique? You being on a career path where you're going to be the CEO of a company, that doesn't make you unique. There's guys doing that all over the place. They're doing it. They're, and, and, and frankly, most of them are comfortable working longer hours than you and having less of a work-life balance than you. You're not going to beat them at that game. You're not. But what about bearing children? What about carrying a human life? What about giving life to that baby and growing their fingers and toes and delivering that baby and bringing a life into this world, which is one of the greatest things that any person could do? You can do that. Why aren't you wearing that like a badge of honor? Why? Because the modern feminist movement told you that somehow that path to the CEO was great and a sign of success, but bearing that child wasn't. And you bought the story. How sad. How sad. Okay, let's go to 14510. 100%. I think society is fundamentally and utterly broken. I think the way that men and women interact is broken. Mm-hmm. I think that men are broken. I think that women are broken. I think everything is completely fucked, genuinely. And and this is where we go into the small things. We're talking about status. You've, you're right about IG. If I go on a date with a girl and I look at her Instagram page, I'm sitting there thinking, does this make me look good or bad? Yes, I want her to be hot. Yes, I want her to have followers. Yes, I want everyone chasing her. But what's that caption about, about fucking city life? What's mm-hmm. this about? What's that? That's not, that's not, nah, that puts me off, right? Can you so, pause that for one second? Tell me, we're going to pick this up again, but did not, I told you the other day about the Instagram and now I'm hearing this. You heard what he said? I want her to be hot, but what's that caption about city life? You know the type, you know it, right? And I know it and I'm in touch with it because there were times that I did these things without even realizing what I was doing because you have to sit and think about this stuff as a female and you don't realize how much of this garbage you internalize. But why would a guy, a guy's going to, yeah, he wants you to be, you know, hot and he wants you to be attractive and all that. But if you're posting a caption like, oh, I'm out and about in the city tonight. All he's sitting at home is thinking, yeah, who are you hooking up with? She did that. What, what guys in her DMs now looking for some time? She's out there doing, mm, I'll pass. Right? you got a better shot if you take a beautiful picture of yourself and you're sitting at home with a little puppy dog next to you and you're like reading a book or something. Then he's like, ooh, she's in for the night. That's a good girl. Hmm. I'm telling you, I am trying to help you out. Okay, let's, let's continue playing that one because there's a, a good part about what men find attractive. Also interesting is the majority of women don't have a clue in the modern world what men find attractive. So we said earlier in the very beginning of this podcast about men who want their dick sucked and all this bullshit. Men don't, that's not attractive to men. We don't want any of that. 
they, most women, if you were to say, how do you attract a man? They wouldn't have a Scooby-Doo. They wouldn't have a <laughs> That's true. I so know. it's true. It's very, very true. And, and there's videos of this, of him, actually, that I saw the other day doing some research. Um, I didn't clip it, but it's him. It's Andrew Tate on with Fresh and Fit. And the girls are like... What would you want a woman to do to you sexually that hasn't been done before? And he's just like, dude, what a, you know, he doesn't even know how to say it. But what he's thinking is what a dumb question, right? Because all that stuff gets old so quickly. And what women don't realize is really what a guy wants is someone, a woman who's going to respect them, who's going to appreciate what what they bring to the table, who's going to be willing to lean on them and allow them to lead, allow them to showcase their strength, allow them to protect you without you feeling defensive about it, and who's going to be loyal and who's going to be committed and who's going to be pleasant to be around, yeah. Who's going to, you know, if they work 12 hours and they're working really hard and they want to buy something beautiful for you and they want to put a beautiful roof over your head, if they come home and you're smiling and you're happy and you're content, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful energy to have. No, what, what, what are they supposed to want? Somebody who's also done a 12-hour grind comes home, is mad, is agitated, is hustling. Oh, uh, uh. Can we just be honest? Just let go of what you've been programmed to say and think and just be honest. That's all. We'd get so far. Okay. Uh, let's go to, I'm going to skip this one. Oh, actually, no, we have to do it. We might go like five, 10 minutes over today. Delhi. I hope that's okay. 154.45. Let's go to when feminism disappears. Very important. The harder society and the harder the life is as a whole, the, the longer it's going to take for feminism to spread. Feminism only exists in a vacuum of an easy life. If you're living in a society like India where life is hard, Feminism disappears because the harder life is, the closer people naturally revert to their gender roles. If you got a bunch of 10 men, 10 women, stranded them on a desert island, and they had to survive, very quickly the men would do men's shit and the women would do women's shit. There'd be very little talk about feminism and equality, <laughs> and all this shit would fucking vanish when shit hits the fan, right? So... In countries where life is harder, feminism can't take hold because feminism can only exist. This is in a very well said, very and it's very, life. very, very true because it's it's very privileged to say these things. Oh, I don't need a man; I'll just call the police. Where do you do? You, you must live in a really nice neighborhood. You must you you're coming from a position of privilege. Let something really happen. Let something bad really happen. Let a threat of war happen. Some people live like that on a day to day basis. We're very privileged in this country. Let something really dangerous, danger, suddenly creep up. You're going to see all these women, mm -mm, all that feminism, they're going, to throw, they're going to throw that right outside in the trash, tied up, be done. And you're going to see damsels in distress everywhere you look, looking for that big fireman type guy, lumberjack with an ax. Suddenly all these people that they have demonized over and over and over again and said, I don't need this one and I don't need that one and I don't need you. And I'm, suddenly all those people are going to be on speed dial trying to get them. Who can come over here quickest, right? They're never going to be more feminine than they are in those moments. Then when something really happens and they suddenly realize I'm not capable of doing this, where is my big, strong-ass man? Okay. All right, we're going we're gonna to close it there, and I'm just going to get to the Matrix stuff now. We're going to cap out with some crazy. So, um, and then we'll get to the chat before the end. Don't you worry if you gave a super. Do we have super chats in there? Okay, we're going to get to them. Don't you worry. But I have to do this because I need you to know what's going on.
And I cannot have an audience that's only interested in the dating stuff, but doesn't realize that the matrix is coming to get you. And then one day you say, Jed, why didn't you warn me? I need to warn you. So I look at this. There's a couple of things I want to get to today. Gates, Bill Gates, you know, he always, when we talk about the matrix, it's like you could just, just immediately see like a little Bill Gates head coming your way unattractive as it is. Gates and Bezos are investing in Australian design brain implant. What could go wrong with Bill Gates accessing someone's brain? Who'd have thunk something could go wrong? So I look at this and it says the Synchron switch is a brain computer interface that is implanted in the blood vessels at the surface of the motor cortex of the brain via the jugular vein. <laughs> Once set, the interface will detect and wirelessly transmit information from the brain allowing severely paralyzed individuals to control personal devices without needing to use their hands. So again, the way that the matrix works is that it presents something to you like, we're here to help, right? Just like the government. I'm from the government and I'm here to help run. I'm from the matrix and I'm here to help run. Get out of there as fast as you can run. So they present it like, well, this is for paralyzed people. And just think about this though. They're going to put something in your brain that's going to enable you to control personal devices without needing to use your hands. Let me ask you a question, just a question. Who else has access to that control mechanism? Just the paralyzed person? Where, where is like command control? Is someone else able to access that to maybe, I don't know, could some mind control happen there? Doesn't this sound a little bit freaky? And I know people are going to be like, oh, but Elon Musk likes this. I know. I know. But think about, you, you can't think about this stuff in line with like, oh, this is how they're presenting it. It will only be used for paralyzed people and it will be for the do good of society. You have to always thread that needle and say, hmm, that's interesting. Where does it land? What do they learn from this that then gets, be, gets to, to be utilized in other capacities? What is the slippery slope of this? Do you want someone like Bill Gates, knowing what you know about Bill Gates, to have control over somebody's mind or have access to it or have enough money invested in that that he's in the when you say where's command control and you see him up there <laughs> I'm just saying when you look at this stuff think about it think about it interesting where Bill Gates invests his money now interesting so then I, I see some stuff about digital IDs and we've been talking about digital IDs because it's common and in some capacities, it's already here. I'm going to share a, a, a second story with you that it's already here. It's actually already in India, digital health IDs. But I see this tweet, and it comes with a video from the World Economic Forum. I tried to show this video the other day. It didn't. Let's see if it plays. Um, this is your number six, Delhi. And let's, let's try to play it. We're developing, through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's... Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Okay. <laughs> so if you didn't know anything about the World Economic Forum, let's say you lived in a fog or you watch CNN all day long and you were just like, oh, this sounds great. It's like tracking my miles when I walk around. This is fantastic. I'm going to know my own carbon footprint and I'm going to track everything on there. I'm going to be able to track everything on my ID, like what I eat and how long my drives are and what I buy at the grocery store and all of this stuff in the name of climate change. 
how great is that? And then you realize that this is all centralized somewhere. And that the World Economic Forum that also says their ideal goal is that you will have nothing and you will be happy is in charge and coming out with this. You don't think they want to be able to flip flip a switch and be able to one, surveil you and see exactly what you're doing, where you're going, how long you're driving, where you end up, what you ate. And if you've been a bad boy or a bad girl, and let's say you had too many grass-fed hamburgers that week, you ordered too much meat from the farm, and they don't like that because they feel that that enhances the carbon footprint, oh, guess what? They can just cut you off. Command control. Always be wary of things that can be controlled from the outside. This is why people like Andrew Tate, and he's right, warn about electric cars. This is why they do that, because anything that can be controlled from the outside, you have to worry then who's controlling it, who can gain access to control it, who has invested in that product and may have access to control it. Do you want the World Economic Forum in the name of your safety or your convenience? That's another one. We're trying to make life convenient for you. And next thing you know, you can't buy meat. You can't get in your car to go from point A to point B because you've been a bad boy. Or maybe you didn't get an experimental drug that they liked and now you are deemed a health threat. And so you have to be stopped and you have to stay in your house. And the only way they can make sure you stay in your house is that your car doesn't work. Oh, so and and if this sounds conspiratorial, just think about what has been done in the last two years in the name of authoritarianism. Think about what they got away with and think about in their own words what they want your life to look like. They, they're already telling you they don't want you eat, they want you eating less meat. They want you eating this beyond meat, this garbage food. They want you eating bugs. They want you getting whatever experimental drug comes out of the big pharma machine. They want your mobility restricted if you don't comply. They're telling you and they want you to have nothing and be happy. They want you to have no property. They want you to own nothing. So how much clearer do they need to make their intentions to you before you wake up and realize it's here? It's not coming, it's here. So whenever you hear somebody talk about a digital ID, whenever you hear someone talk about things that are controlled, can be controlled from the outside, ask your questions. That doesn't mean that you have to agree with me on where it's headed, you may have your own opinion, but ask questions. So on the digital health IDs, which interests me in particular because I saw that the uh, vax passports were leading somewhere. This was going somewhere. This wasn't just, this was, this was a test. Would you comply and what could they get away with? And, how, and, and also a test of mechanisms of what would the checkpoints be, how would you facilitate checks, all of that computerized stuff. We know that. So I look and I see, I did not know this. This is actually an old article that I found. Um, this is probably about a year old at this point. And it talks about India. And it says that this is a very long ABHA, and I'm going to say these wrong, so I'm not going to try. They're set to usher in an evolution of health tech solutions in the country. They, it turns out that this is old, so keep that in mind. It's a digital health identity card launched by the government of India. This is from 2021. The ABHA health card contains a 14-digit unique identity number and can be accessed from any part of the country. It's free of cost for all citizens. There's the lore, right? Free of cost. It's free. It must be good for you. It's designed to provide citizens easy access to healthcare, eliminating the hassle of physically carrying reports to medical professionals. Again, it's convenient. We're helping you out. It digitizes healthcare records in an era where everything is stored in the cloud. This service is a game changer. It's going to make your health better. More promises. 
And what does it say here? With the introduction, citizens must simply share their 14-digit authorization code with any medical institution and consent. Post this, a doctor in any part of India will have access to records providing prompt treatment. So I'd like to know, in a place like this, now you see this is already rolling out in a place like India. So what questions? You sit there and you say, what questions would I ask? So number one, how is the government involved? They say doctors have access to this medical stuff. Does, does the government have access to, to the medical content as well? Think about, let's, let's change this over to the United States, and let's say that you had um, this digital health, whatever it's called, ID. And it said, oh, this is going to help you. Everything's going to be digitized, so you don't have to worry about bringing paperwork, this, that. It's all in the file. It's so easy. It's going to be your doctors are going to be able to communicate with each other. It all sounds so nice. And then you find out that the U.S. government also has access to those files. How do you feel in that moment? Then you find out that there's a new pandemic on the rise. And suddenly, everyone's file has to be checked to make sure that all of the, all of the, the, the boxes are checked. And you decide that for your own reasons and your own family, you're not going to get that experimental medicine. Uh-oh, you've been a bad boy now. There will be consequences. Are there fines? Are there restrictions? Are there lockdowns? Are there penalties? What happens to you? And they can see it all. They can see it all. And because it's all digitized, what happens if they immediately take a health ID and they turn that into an access ID to get in and out of places? What happens then? So you've got this thing that was supposed to just be to help out your medical, and now all of a sudden you walk into a place, scan, you're in. Oh, you're in the cool club. Oh, you didn't get it. You're out. But you, you know what? If you get it, you can come in. Do you see the massive amount of manipulation that could happen and how this enables? Here's my concern. I don't know what these things are going to become, and I don't know how quickly they're going to become what the, they're intended to become. But I do know that this centralizes power in the hands of a small group of elites, and that's a problem. And by the way, as I've said before, these group of elites is not in the United States or in England or in India. We're talking about organizations. We're talking about the WHO. We're talking about the WEF. We're talking about the FDA. We're talking about the CDC. They're all holding hands. I don't know if you've looked on Twitter recently, but did you see the massive information suppression, data suppression that happened when it came to COVID? Did you take a look and see what was suppressed? Insanity. All of these organizations work hand in hand to do that. So what do you think the agenda would be? They would all join forces and what would happen? I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. But I do know that my horns are up, my antennas. I call them my horns, my antennas, and I'm paying attention. So that is your matrix for today. And the reason I'm doing this is because I saw a segment interesting. I was doing a lot of uh, digging on the Just Pearly things because she's coming. And I saw, I don't know if it was Andrew or Tristan, who was saying that tough times are coming. Be ready. These guys are talking to you. They're not just talking about, oh, women in the club and all. They're talking to you about this stuff because they're trying to get you ready. They want those little horns, those little antennas up. And so do I. All right, let's get to the chat. Uh, you have a super chat for ten dollars. This is what happens when people lose their fear of God. Everything crumbles. Up is down. Down is up. Everything is me, 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 me. Keep it up, Jed. We need you out here. God bless you and your family. Thank you. The broken samurai said, "I was hit by a car, and all the important women in my life that gave genuine love for me all knew something bad was going to happen. They all had dreams about it. Women have a special power." It's true. We have something. That's I'm telling you, man. It's, it's find a woman that really loves you and you're going to see, you're going to, you're going to be like, how does she know that? 
I'm telling you. Uh, Soul Rinder said, much love for you, Jedediah. You changed my life at the age of 34. Oh. Uh, and Kevin said, this is why I want a World War III to happen. I know it's dark, but that will kill all feminism. And that's it. Okay, cool. I want to do one thing before we leave. Deli, can you do this for me? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit annoying here. Um, I just want to close out. Rather than close with the Matrix, I want to close out with one clip. Um, it's number four. It's the last one. It's 22812. Can you click on that for me? This is what I want the close out to be. Um, and then I'll let you guys go. I know I went over today. Through a lot. I've been through a lot. I'm seen as used goods. You're seen as a high value man. Yep. So if you're me, then then what? What's yeah, next? Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's, it's interesting you make the observation and you are correct. That's the difference between the masculine and the feminine. It's kind of, it's unfair, I guess. The world's not fair, but that's the difference between the masculine and the feminine. Men are respected for going through things and surviving. And women are the complete opposite. They're shamed for going through things and surviving. If you look at women love scars on men for a reason. He's gone through something he they're lived. They're war wounds. Yeah, they're war <laughs> Men don't want a chick covered in scars. I'll say this right now, that a, a woman, the more trauma she goes through, the more masculine she naturally becomes. And if you were to give me my ideal woman, I would not want of, of wanting her to have a hard life and a bunch of trauma. I like the idea of her having a soft feminine life and being a soft person, and I can take care of her and protect her. Whereas... As a man, to be a good man, you need to have been through a bunch of trauma because if you haven't been through trauma as a man, you're a weakling. You have to have been through a bunch of shit. So the masculine and the feminine is a very interesting point there. As for, I don't know I don't know your history. I don't know the past, but we can just talk in general generalizations in regards People to- People like me, I guess, okay. under well, the same umbrella. It doesn't okay. have to be personal. I, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. any of it, but we'll give generalizations. One of the main reasons that men are scared of a female with history is is because it makes the man insecure. Okay. And, and scared dogs bite. So this is why men will snap or get angry quick or they'll bring up your history. If you, if you get an argument with him, he'll bring up your history, da, da, whatever. But a lot of it is insecurity. And it's not insecurity because the man is insecure. The woman, the women, the female paradigm in society convinces men, any man who says anything, you're insecure. Da, da. It's not insecure in that way. It's insecure in a very realistic, logical way. Like I was saying earlier, she's had a lot of life experience. Let's be honest. Am I the richest guy she's ever had? No. Am I the most famous guy she's ever had? No. Am I the best looking guy she's ever had? No. Like, what's keeping her here? And then part of it comes down to, well, am I second place? Could If she could do better, would she do better? Like, there's a whole bunch of insecurity involved. And that's where tiny things, like I'm talking, I know it sounds like dumb shit, tiny things about the favorite car brand become more important than ever, Right. It's, it's your job as a woman, regardless of how much se sexual history you've had or what guy you're with, et cetera. It's your job as a woman to make your man feel secure in the fact and make him feel like a man, like Auntie was saying, make him feel like the man no matter what he does so that okay. he feels like you so really this is this is deeply important stuff. Um, that's why I, I, I saw that I had skipped it and I said, I got to go back, which I don't typically do. You know, typically when I go to the Matrix, I close. Two things here. He's talking about the world as it is. Not as you might want it to be, not how someone out there might hope it to be. So when he talks about the difference between battle scars on a man and a woman, it just is. Is it a double standard? Sure, in some ways maybe. Is it unfair? Some might say, well, that's not fair because as a woman, if I've been through it, now I'm damaged goods. Or He's telling you how it is. It just is. And you know it. If you're a female out there, you know that if there's a guy that's been through some rough times, that's attractive to you. 
And it makes sense because as a woman, you want to be able to lean on that guy for that protection. And you want to be able to lean on that guy for that shoulder if you need to have a good cry. And you want to be able to lean on that guy in many capacities. And you're not going to feel comfortable leaning on a guy that hasn't been through anything because you're not going to feel confident that he can handle what's to come. If waves come, you want to know that he's just going to push those waves out of the way. He's going to surf right through them. He's going to have you on his back and you're going to be fine. And it's not the same for a woman because when a woman has been gone through battle, they get damaged and injured and hurt and and things happen to us in a different way. And there's trauma and then there's distrust that happens. There's a lot of things that are different about men and women. So when he's talking about guys there, he's right. He's just saying how it is. I think the other point, and this has been asked of me, the reason I wanted to touch on this, this will be my final point. I get asked sometimes by women will say, well, I, I'm with you now. I, I hear you, Jed. We're on the same page, but I didn't live my life like that. I didn't live my 20s like that. You know, I did have a promiscuous period. I did, you know, I, I didn't, I wish I had done it differently, but I didn't. And they're very honest about it. And that's very admirable, right? Because you, you can have a self-awareness about your own life and make change. And we should commend people who make positive change. But they'll say, what do I do now? And his advice is so important. There are going to be guys that look at that period of your life and they will have maybe some insecurity, maybe some, well, am I really special? If she was willing to sleep with all these guys, why am I special? You know, am I, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to make initial judgments about the way you've lived. The most important thing that if you have that richer past that you can do for a man is to remind him that he's it for you, right? He's it for you. It's so important to make that guy feel like you feel you couldn't do better. You are completely in love with him. You have deep respect for him and he is it for you. That if you had a chance to go anywhere else, you wouldn't. And if you believe that and you say it, he will hear it. And that is a chance to kind of change that dynamic. And it's so deeply important, which is why I always tell women, don't talk about ex-boyfriends and, oh, he did this for me. And they don't want to hear that. In their head, all they hear then is like, oh, is she, did she do it already? Did she do something better? Am I not going to? They, they don't, they're already thinking, they, they're already thinking about your exes even without you saying it. But if you're parading it out there in front of him, that becomes a problem. Your job as a female, if you want that guy to feel like your past isn't a problem and maybe it is a little bit checkered and it's this and that and you did this and that and you wish you hadn't, is to, is to remind him that he's it for you. He's different, he's special, he is the number one and that there's nothing, no place you'd rather be than right there and mean it and that will get hurt. So that is the best advice I could give. And the reason I played him saying that is because I think, I think it's a very, very important message. Because not everybody, not everybody's going to live in a way like some people do things and then they wish they hadn't, right? It's just, just a way of being, you're a human being. And people are going to make mistakes. And there has to be a way to navigate those mistakes, right? It can't be like, oh, I did this and it's hopeless now. I don't want that. I don't want people feeling hopeless. I always want you feeling empowered to build the life you want for yourself. Empowered means that you have awareness of the things you did wrong and you're willing to write them, and you're going to do what you can to make up for those mistakes. That's what it means to be a grown, adult, evolving, strong human. All right. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'm sorry I went over, but I'm glad you stayed. I'll be back here on Friday with Pearl. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button, and I'll see you on Friday.